Welcome to SL Advisors Talks Energy. I'm Simon Lack. At SL Advisors, we invest in energy infrastructure. We read about energy. We talk to people in the energy sector. We write about energy. We explore how the shale revolution is leading to American energy independence and how climate change is impacting how energy is produced and used. Nothing we say should be construed as a sale of securities, which can only be made through the relevant prospectus. In this week's podcast, I'm going to talk about the impractical promises from Democrat presidential candidates on climate change. The shale revolution has transformed America's energy production. We all read about hydraulic fracturing or fracking, which is how oil and gas are released from the poorest rock in which it originates. It's responsible now for 60% of America's crude oil and three quarters of our natural gas, as well as 3 million barrels a day out of the 5 million barrels a day of natural gas liquids, propane and butane and others that we produce. The Shell Revolution, supported by fracking, is leading America to energy independence. It's making us a net export of natural gas. It's reducing our imports of crude. It's leading to cheap energy in America. It's driving economic growth. It's lowering our CO2 emissions because we're using more natural gas and less coal to produce electricity. It's a huge success story for America. It's one of the things that makes this country great. Democrats have had some terrible ideas on emissions. The Green New Deal is really very, very liberal social policy dressed up as something to combat climate change. All of the Democrat presidential candidates are against fracking. Elizabeth Warren recently said that she would ban fracking as president. Now, hopefully, if she does get elected, and, and I think it'll be a bad day for the energy business if she does, uh, there are laws in this country that would prevent a president from just deciding, uh, okay, I'm going to support this sector and be against that one. Um, but let's just suppose that she was successful in doing this. So imagine what would happen if 60% of our petroleum-based liquids were removed. That's around 10% of the global market, all on one day. So to put that in perspective, that's 10% of the global market now that we would need to import. That's a 10% jump in new demand for oil and liquid petroleum products around the world. The last two big drops in crude oil uh, in 2014 to 16, and also back in 2008 during the financial crisis, both of those big drops in crude when it fell around three quarters in price, uh, at the time we had maybe 2% of excess supply uh, in the market. Under the Elizabeth Warren plan to ban fracking on day one of her presidency, we'd be looking at a, at a demand imbalance of five times the supply imbalance that led to those big drops in crude oil. It's likely that crude oil would make new highs, it would skyrocket. It would cost hundreds of dollars to put gas in your car. Power prices would jump because three quarters of our natural gas comes from fracking. We'd have to use more coal to produce electricity, which would drive up emissions, contrary to what the objective is. The US dollar would weaken, the trade deficit would grow. This would represent an enormous wealth transfer from Americans 
to OPEC and to Russia. It probably won't happen, but all of the Democrat presidential candidates, to one degree or another, are taking very extreme positions on climate change. They have some dumb ideas. What's needed are thoughtful solutions. How about phasing out coal in favor of natural gas, cleaner electricity? That's how America's been reducing its CO2 emissions over the last 10 years because we're using now more natural gas than coal to produce electricity. How about creating federal standards for building nuclear power plants so that there's some predictability for companies that are investing in nuclear power so that they know what the approval process will take, they have some certainty about when they'll be able to complete a project. Nuclear power is clean. Nuclear power actually has a safety record to rival any other source of energy. How about a carbon tax to really show what the price of pollution or what the price of emissions is for every activity that is engaged in that? How about more federal research and development dollars for what works? 81% of America's energy comes from fossil fuels because that's what works. How about we invest in figuring out ways to use what works more cleanly? This is where the climate change debate should be going. It's disappointing to see the Democrats have really no useful suggestions whatsoever. And I should say the Republicans are basically silent on the issue. There's an enormous gulf in the middle. And I think what's really missing are some thoughtful, practical solutions that can draw support from the American people for what will be some substantial changes in the economy if they're implemented. I'm going to switch gears now. I want to just say a word on tall grass energy. Last week in our blog and a podcast we did on tall grass, we talked about the self-dealing by management, the fact that Blackstone's offer to take tall grass private at $19.5 essentially triggered a side letter giving management the ability to sell their shares at 26 and a quarter. No asset manager could do what Tallgrass Management is seeking to do. We're invested, me and my partner here, we're invested alongside our clients. It's inconceivable that we could sell shares in an investment at a higher price than we could sell for our clients. In fact, the rules require that we do better for our clients. And yet we have a situation today where the ethical standards that apply to asset managers are so much higher than those that apply to the CEOs of public companies. Very few have spoken out on this. I haven't seen a single asset manager, and there's plenty of other asset managers invested in Tallgrass. I haven't seen a single asset manager come out and criticize what management's doing. Very few sell-side firms, very few analysts have had anything negative to say either because everybody's scared. Most asset managers and sell-side analysts don't want to speak out because they don't want to offend Blackstone or they don't want to offend Tallgrass. Nobody will put their client interests first. And putting client interests first means speaking out against bad behavior, even if you still like the sector. We think energy infrastructure is a terrific investment. We think it's the cheapest sector in the equity markets. But that doesn't mean that we're just going to be blind uh, cheerleaders for the sector, regardless of what happens. If somebody commits bad behavior, we're going to call that out because we're putting 
our investor interest first. There's some good news in that the price of tall grass in the last uh, week or so has moved above the price that Blackstone has offered to pay. Uh, maybe there's some growing recognition by investors that the company's worth more. Maybe there's some uh, recognition that Blackstone will have to sweeten the offer in order to dilute the advantage that the immoral side letter grants to the management team. Either way, it's a positive step. We're proud to be one of the very few people speaking out loudly and plainly about the self-dealing by the management team at Tallgrass. Uh, I think more people should do that. We're out there fighting for our clients. I think others should be doing that too. Thank you for listening to SL Advisors Talks Energy. To find more episodes like this one, go to our website, sl-advisors.com. There you can sign up for our blog, watch videos and webinars. Follow us on iTunes and Spotify and follow us on Twitter at Simon Lack.